Hi, this is episode four of Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Continuing with the Westminster Confession of Faith, chapters 8, 9, and 10. Chapter 8 of Christ, the Mediator. It pleased God in his eternal purpose to choose and ordain the Lord Jesus, his only begotten Son, to be the mediator between God and man, the prophet, priest, and king, the head and savior of his church, the heir of all things, and judge of the world, unto whom he did from all eternity give a people to be his seed, and to be by him in time redeemed, called, justified, sanctified, and glorified. (coughs) 2. The Son of God, the second person in the Trinity, being very and eternal God, of one substance and equal with the Father, did, when the fullness of time was come, take upon him man's nature, with all the essential properties and common infirmities thereof, yet without sin, being conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost in the womb of the Virgin Mary of her substance, so that two whole, perfect, and distinct natures, the Godhead and the manhood, were inseparably joined together in one person without conversion, composition, or confusion. Which person is very God and very man, yet one Christ, the only mediator between God and man. 3. The Lord Jesus, in his human nature, thus united to the divine was sanctified and anointed with the Holy Spirit above measure, having in him all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, in whom it pleased the Father that all fullness should dwell to the end that, being holy, harmless, undefiled, and full of grace and truth, he might be thoroughly furnished to execute the office of a mediator and surety which office he took not unto himself, but was thereunto called by his Father, who put all power and judgment into his hand and gave him commandment to execute the same. For this office the Lord Jesus did most willingly undertake, which that he might discharge he was made under the law and did perfectly fulfill it, endured most grievous torments immediately in his soul, and most painful sufferings in his body, was crucified and died, was buried, and remained under the power of death, yet saw no corruption. On the third day he arose from the dead with the same body in which he suffered, with which also he ascended into heaven, and there sitteth at the right hand of his Father, making intercession, and shall return to judge men and angels at the end of the world. 5. The Lord Jesus, by his perfect obedience, 
and sacrifice of himself, which he, through the eternal Spirit, once offered up unto God, hath fully satisfied the justice of his Father, and purchased not only reconciliation, but an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heaven for all those whom the Father hath given unto him. 6. Although the work of redemption was not actually wrought by Christ till after his incarnation, yet the virtue, efficacy, and benefits thereof were communicated unto the elect in all ages successfully from the beginning of the world, in and by those promises, types, and sacrifices wherein he was revealed and signified to be the seed of the woman which should bruise the serpent's head, and the lamb slain from the beginning of the world, being yesterday and today the same and forever. 7. Christ, in the work of mediation, acts according to both natures, by each nature doing that which is proper to itself. Yet by reason of the unity of the person, that which is proper to one nature is sometimes in Scripture attributed to the person denominated by the other nature. 8. To all those for whom Christ hath purchased redemption, he doth certainly and effectually apply and communicate the same, making intercession for them and revealing unto them in and by the word the mysteries of salvation effectually persuading them by his spirit to believe and obey and governing their hearts by his word and spirit, overcoming all their enemies by his almighty power and wisdom in such manner and ways as are most consonant to his wonderful and unsearchable dispensation. Chapter 9 of Free Will 1. God hath endued the will of man with that natural liberty that is neither forced nor by any absolute necessity of nature determined to good or evil. 2. Man, in his state of innocency, had freedom and power to will and to do that which was good and well-pleasing to God, but yet mutably so that he might fall from it. 3. Man, by his fall into a state of sin, hath wholly lost all ability of will to any spiritual good accompanying salvation, so as a natural man, being altogether averse from that good and dead in sin, is not able, by his own strength, to convert himself or to prepare himself thereunto. When God converts a sinner and translates him into the state of grace, he freeth him from his natural bondage under sin and by his grace alone enables him freely to will and to do that which is spiritually good. Yet so, as that by reason of his remaining corruption, he doth not perfectly nor only will that which is good, but doth also will that which is evil. 5. The will of man 
is made perfectly and immutably free to good alone in the state of glory only. Chapter 10 of Effectual Calling 1. All those whom God hath predestined, predestinated unto life, and those only he is pleased in his appointed and accepted time effectually to call. By his word and spirit, out of that state of sin and death, in which they are by nature to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God, taking away their heart of stone and giving unto them a heart of flesh, renewing their wills, and by his almighty power, determining them to that which is good and effectually drawing them to Jesus Christ, yet so as they come most freely, being made willing by his grace. 2. This effectual call is of God's free and special grace alone, not from anything at all foreseen in man who is altogether passive therein, until being quickened and renewed by the Holy Spirit, he is thereby enabled to answer this call and to embrace the grace offered and conveyed in it. 3. Elect infants dying in infancy are regenerated and saved by Christ through the Spirit who worketh when and where and how he pleaseth. So also are all other elect persons who are incapable of being outwardly called by the ministry of the word. Four, others not elected, although they may be called by the ministry of the word and may have some common operations of the spirit, yet they never truly come unto Christ and therefore cannot be saved. Much less can men, not professing the Christian religion, be saved in any other way whatsoever, be they never so diligent to frame their lives according to the light of nature and the laws of that religion they do profess, and to assert and maintain that they may, is very pernicious and to be detested. This concludes episode four of Puritan's Read. We read the Westminster Confession of Faith, chapters eight, nine, and ten.